0: Good morning, it's currently 7.20am and uh, I'm feeling a little sleepy, a little drowsy, you know, it's, uh, it's hitting me a bit, even after the yerba mate. But here's today's blog post, it says, yeah, titled, The 4am Morning Routine, and it goes like this, I'm not going to lie, it was especially hard to get up at 4.30am this morning, I just felt like I wanted to sleep. Like I needed to sleep. The only thing that drove me to wake up is that is this week's 7 day experiment. But I'm thankful that I did. There's something powerful about beginning your work while the rest of the world sleeps. And then I have a picture that I took yesterday of the sunrise. A picture that I edited. It's uh, alright. Editing skills are better. You know, I, I, I brightened the sky. It looks good. Brighten the sun. Looks good. In my opinion. I'm pretty sure that a month from now I'm going to think it looks terrible. This powerful feeling for me at least goes beyond the thought that I am getting that I may be getting ahead of everyone else by beginning to work early. There is a peacefulness that comes with the silence of the morning. This feeling is amplified by avoiding any phone notifications for the first 2 hours that I am awake. Some days, you yeah, Some days you have to push through the uncomfortable feeling of wanting to go back to sleep by understanding that if you can hold your position, you will soon be rewarded with the feeling of inspiration and fulfillment. Today it took me about an hour to get to this good feeling state, but the trek to the top of the mountain was worth it. I don't think I would have made it this morning if it wasn't for a few helpful habits that helped me get through through the toughest parts. Did I repeat helpful? I don't think I would m- have made it this morning if it wasn't for a few helpful habits that helped me get through the toughest parts. Whatever. Here, here they are in order that I do them from the time. Here they are in the order that I do them from the time I wake up. Number one: get up to pee. Two: make bed. Three: stretch in child child's pose position for about ten seconds. Four. Tabletop yoga position body circles while facing the floor. Three circles for each side. Five, 10 air squats. Six, make breakfast. Five eggs with hot sauce within 30 minutes of waking up. Seven, brewing yerba mate tea. Eight, listening to an audiobook while I make and eat breakfast. Nine, sitting down to begin to write one shitty page. Here I allow myself to write anything. I just need to begin to write. This morning, I began with the prompt titled, On Being Sleepy. 10. Pushing a little bit further through, through writing, before allowing myself to have the tea. This push is like the last rep of a good set at the gym. 11. Walking outside to see if the sun has woken up yet. 12. Going back inside to write a blog post and wait for the sun to come out. <laughs> Those last two, this is me talking off the blog post, is like, uh, those last two are, I don't know why I wrote those. I mean, they're just, uh, basically what I wrote was what happened this morning. Well, everything I did this morning. But um, anyway, back to the post. Probably by the time of this, by, by the middle of this routine is where Stephen Pressfield would say that my muse meets me. My muse comes in the form of feeling of the feeling of inspiration. This feeling begins kind of like a slow drum beat that is off, that is far off in, in the distance and that gets louder and louder as it gets closer to me. Almost as if to come cheer me on in my trek to the top of the mountain. The mountain, which is the discomfort of being, being up so early. By the time I go outside, I've made it to the top. However, at that point, it is still a bit too early before the morning celebration of the sunrise begins. Then I must find something to do as I set the as I let the sun catch up to me at at the top. Fuck. Then I must find something to do as I let the sun catch up to me at the top. Yeah, that's good. Finally, when he reaches us, we can go outside once again and take a moment to appreciate the journey we just went through. And that's it. That's what I wrote. <clears throat> How about, oh Jesus, I just dropped my phone. So I have a hard time breathing while I talk. And I know I'm breathing into the mic. (sighs) I don't know. I'm a heavy breather. I don't know how to do it. Anyway, uh, that blog post was fun for me to write. Especially towards the end, when I started talking about the mountain and stuff. Uh, I was having fun with that. So, first of all, let's fix a a comma over here. Today it took me some days. Erases comma but this muse that i'm talking about when i refer to stephen pressfield i'm talking about his book the war of art which i talked about yesterday now i uh i wanted to read some ex- excerpts from his book here because he explains kind of like what i'm talking about the muse so uh, this first one is from um he begins to talk about the muse towards the end of the book the third part of the book and uh, this chapter is called the uh, angels in the abstract. And so, it goes like this. The next few chapters are going to be are going to be about those in, in uh, invisible phys- blah, restart. The next few chapters are going to be about those invisible psychic forces that support and sustain us in our journey towards ourselves. I plan on using terms like muses and angels. Does that make you uncomfortable? If it does, you have my permission to think of angels in the abstract consider these forces being impersonal as being impersonal as gravity. Maybe they are, it's not hard to believe it. Is it what the fuck? It's not hard to believe. Is it that a force exists in every grain and seems and see to grow to make it grow or that in every kitchen or cold is that instinct that impels it to run and play and learn just as resistance can be thought of as personal, I've said I've said resistant loves and loves such and such or hates such and such. It can also be viewed as a force of nature as impersonal as entropy or molecular decay. Similarly, the call to growth can be conceptualized as personal. And then in parentheses, he has a daemon or genius, an angel or a muse. Or as impersonal, like the tides of like the tides are transit transisting what transiting transiting of venus either way works as long as we're comfortable with it or if extra dimensionality doesn't sit with, sit well with you in any form think of it as talent programmed into our genes by evolution the point for these for the thesis i'm seeking to put forward is that there are forces we can call our allies as resistance works to keep us from becoming who we are equal and opposite powers are counter counterpoised against it there are there are our allies and angels yeah yeah i know i know I need to practice on my reading out loud here <laughs> but anyway the point i'm trying to make or actually what i'm trying to uh, convey is what what kind of muse I was talking about and uh, Stephen Pressfield is talking about the opposite powers of resistance resistance being um, every anything that stops you all the powers that stop you from doing your work Uh, for me the easiest example of that is procrastination and so what Pressfield is saying is is, uh, the muses are the opposite of that and I take that to mean as like uh, like inspiration Or the feeling of like, oh, keep going, you know? And so there's another little part that I was going to read later on in the uh, last third of the book where he talks about the magic of making a start. Oh, man, and I know I'm going to butcher this name right here. It's like goatees, goats, goats, (laughs) G-O-E, G-O-E-T-E-S. I don't know who the fuck he is. Uh, Pronunciation. Let's see how you pronounce it. Is (laughs) Gertha. Way off. Outside of Germans, the Go Gertha? I guess it's Gertha? How the fuck is there an R when there's no R in the pronunciation? That's so stupid. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Goethe. What is this shit? Goethe? Goethe? Never in a million years would I have guessed Goethe. What the fuck, English? What the actual F? Goethe? You gonna tell me that an E is an R? (sighs) And I still don't know how to read. But anyway, the magic of making a start. This is uh, Stephen Pressfield, one more chapter of his. Concerning all acts of initiative and creation, there is one elementary truth, the ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans, that, that the moment one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves to. I don't know what providence is, but anyway. All sorts of things occur to help one that would not otherwise have occurred. A whole stream of events issue from the from the decision, raising in one's favor all manner of unforeseen incidents and meetings, and material assistance with no man would have dreamed would come his way. Jesus, terrible reading. I've learned a deep respect for one of Gertha's couplets. Whatever you can do or dream you can do, begin it. Boldness has genius magic and power in it begin it now and um, that was apparently a quote I think by W.H. Uh, Murray the Scottish Himalayan expedition well besides my lack of ability to read there um, what he's talking about is starting of course and what happens when you start is uh he he's he talks about in the book that once you start the muses will meet you. The muses being the forces that will help you finish the work. The muses being the forces that will help you figure out what how to do the work. And so that's what I was talking in this bo- talking about in this blog post that in the beginning I I didn't I didn't write it but in the beginning, um, before I begin, like uh, my one shitty page, I kind of don't want to do it. I I didn't have like, I already had an idea actually of what to write because I had I had talked about it beforehand. Um, a few days ago, I I I thought about what I would write on those days when. I didn't feel like writing because they knew they were going to come up. And so I wrote about it during my like one shitty page that day, which is a few days ago. And the conclusion I came to was that I was going to write about the issue that I was having the excuse that I had for not wanting to write that day. So that is why I began with, um, on being sleepy. I began because I started talking about how all I wanted to do was sleep. And from there, it kind of, led to another idea uh, because I was listening to the audiobook about writing about Steve Jobs and then from there it just kind of took on as they would say a life of its own and um, and that kick started the whole morning Uh, I finished a one page like energized and I was able to write the blog post and now I'm on here you know what's really bothering me? the fact that I can't read (laughs) That I I should probably practice reading before I get on here, huh? But regardless, I hope you got the point there that I was trying to make. And um, also, I think this is a a good reminder or a little time capsule of the time that you couldn't read um, <laughs> on Q Caesar for future reference. You can come back to this and remember when. Um, when you struggled, you struggled. But like anything, it's a practice. And when you're out of practice, well, you get you get those results. Uh, but let's continue. I actually do have some sort of agenda for the podcast. Oh, so we talked about the blog post, and then I talked about the War of Art. And then I was gonna talk about the music that I that (coughs) I'm sorry, (laughs) I choked on my own saliva. Um, I was gonna talk about the music that I listened to while I was writing. There's this album that came out this year by Nick Murphy, A.K.A. Chet Faker, and um, he used to be known as Chet Faker, but he changed his name to his real name. Nick Murphy is a weird fucking guy. I started following him on Instagram. Uh, he's a weird guy, but that's pretty cool. I think it's what makes his music so good. And he, I think, he's just a guy who's obsessed with music from what it looks like and, on his Instagram and his Instagram stories all the time, always making music. And that's all he does. But a weird guy nonetheless. Weird guy. And if you go on his Instagram, you, I think you'd get what I mean. Just a weird guy. And I'm a weird guy. So I kind of resonate with this guy, with Nick Murphy. But anyway, he has an album that he uh, put out called The Music for Sounds. And it's all instrumental music. No words. There are, sometimes he uses his voice as an instrument. But in the beginning, I was like, what the fuck is this, Nick? You know, I wanted some more Chet Faker stuff, some more um, bangers Kind of like, uh, it's because the music was so different than what I was used to hearing from him. But this album, nonetheless, has become one of my favorite albums. I listen to it all the time. You can listen to it when you read. You can listen to it when you write. You can listen to it when meditating. You can listen to it when enjoying a silent moment, which is why I guess he called it music for silence. It's pretty great. Now, on his Instagram, he talked about how he... um wrote this entire album, composed, wrote the music. First of all, he did it all by himself, I think. I assume, as he's done for many of his other songs. But he talked about how he locked himself in an abandoned church for a week and came up with his album. That's dope. That's dope as fuck. My two favorite songs are the uh, from this album are the first one and you don't even know you hurt me. And then the third one is called Tongue Lift Four. I don't know what the fuck that means. Weird names. But oh man, there's nothing like listening to this album when the sun when it's it's night it's still nighttime. I'm writing. It's quiet. And I just put this music not too loud softly in the background. As I write and it it helps to carry my ideas. And as the sun begins to rise, it feels good. It feels, uh, it just, because the music's still there. You know, and I, I know I just went through a little journey. It's dope. Great music. I just wanted to talk about that album. And the next thing on the agenda is Chris, po- Chris podcast, Chris Delia's new special. I watched it yesterday after I um, finished, I think it was a podcast or beforehand. No, it was before the podcast. I just forgot to mention it yesterday. It was pretty hilarious. Chris is my favorite uh, comedian. If you haven't watched it, I recommend you watch it. He has a joke about babies that my uh, roommate is absolutely obsessed with. Anyway, moving on, the next thing I had was um, learning to edit photos. I was going to talk about how learning to edit photos has makes me see pictures in a different way now. Like um, yesterday, I was editing pictures for my website or the blog website. And in the past, I would just look for a picture that would fit, right? Like that, I liked uh, the the ambiance of it. That I liked the subject in it, but now I just kind of look for the subject and like good lighting, because I know I can edit it on li- in Lightroom. So my com- my view of pictures has completely changed. Even if there's a picture that doesn't have the the lighting that I want, like the feel that I want, I know I can change that. I'm like, oh, I could change that as long as as long as it has like good exposure and um, and a good subject in it. What I'm looking for then the picture is good enough for me because I'll just take it into Lightroom and put the effect that I want or make it look like I want. And that's exactly what I did yesterday with these three pictures. Uh, I made three different pictures, kind of have the same uh, ambiance, temperature. And and I did uh, three of them with – I did two sets. One set that goes uh, perfectly with the – with, with uh, the theme that I'm using it's like a light Like a cool lighting Yeah, it's uh the pictures have like cool lighting and then the other set was a uh, warm lighting kind of like uh, In in Lightroom it said uh, What did it say photo aged photo it had like an aged photo look? But this goes beyond pictures me and my roommate were talking about how Anytime we're learning something new we we see that world completely different when i learned when i began to learn jiu-jitsu now that i look at fights i see it completely different because i have some sort of understanding of what's going on and the other day i was listening to this podcast joe rogan had years ago with this guy who's apparently like really really good he's like a master i'm not even going to say really really good he's a master of jiu-jitsu um some bald guy what death squad i think he's part of the he he's like the leader of the death the death squad anyway they're breaking down this this fight this jujitsu fight and i remember watching it years ago but i was just uh, listening to what they were saying but this time around as i was watching it i could even uh i could understand what the guy was doing what they were doing on the ground they before they said it or like i understood like even more what they were talking about i had a deeper understanding which made me appreciate it more happens with the same with the same with the pictures and it's happened the same with anything that i've been learning me and my roommate were talking about this how how just learning on its own shifts the way you see the world which is pretty incredible anyway next on the list oh the adobe products by the way are fucking dope lightroom incredible i like it a lot and and you know what's uh what's what's dope even more dope about it is that i've been learning by just editing one picture a day i've learned so much in about i think it's been a little more than a week that i've been using it no definitely it's been yeah it's it's been a little more than a week i was gonna i was gonna say it's been a a week it's been more than a week and I've learned so much. In the beginning, I was just like, what the fuck do I do? And here's how, how I started to learn. I would just bring out a picture. And in the beginning, I would just search how to edit in Lightroom. And, and then I got a kind of like a feel of, I began to understand what everything did. And the next day I did the same thing. The next day I did the same thing. By the fourth or f- fifth day, I started to search up how to do certain things. And I remember yesterday I, I searched up like a specific, very specific thing. I forgot what it what it was called, but it was one of the buttons towards the top that allows you to put like a, uh, extra filter on it. It allows you to separate the picture into sections so that your edits only affect a certain picture, uh, a certain part of the picture. And yesterday I just stopped and admired at how, how much I, I had learned. I was like, whoa. This is pretty fucking crazy because now now I'm like asking um, more deeper questions. And this leads me to think about what Tim Ferriss always talks about. The quality of your questions will determine the quality of your life. Something like that. But Tim is like really obsessed with asking good questions. And he says that if you learn to ask better questions, you can improve everything you do. And now I'm starting to see what, what he means. That's so true. Because sometimes I want to do something for a picture, but I don't know either my, my Google, when I Google the question it's too broad, that it doesn't bring up the results that I want, or that I just don't know how to how to put it into words, like what I'm trying to what I'm trying to ask. Asking better questions. Hmm. Next thing. What's next here? We got, oh, some news. Yeah, yesterday they like passed the law that we have to wear uh, face masks. Whoa, whoa. And then they extended, I don't know if it was yesterday or I don't know when it was, but I just know my roommate came in. He was like, bro, you have to wear masks now outside. I was like, holy shit, okay. So yeah, in Austin you have to wear masks and they extended the stay at home thing. Stay stay home work safe order until May eighth. Holy shit. Wow. 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 Um yeah, that's it I just wanted to get my reaction to that. <laughs> I have nothing more to add. <laughs> but goddamn. Yeah, and I don't have a mask. What am I gonna do? How am I gonna go to the store? How am I gonna eat? Okay, so I so I guess I'll just put a shirt around my face, like my roommate suggested, and then I'll have to buy masks. Actually, I've been looking into do making one of these uh, do-it-yourself masks, but a more like advanced one. I found one um, that so you'll buy like uh, what is it called? You'll buy an air conditioner filter. And, um, so there, yeah, there's this blueprint for a mask out there that Kevin Kelly, and honestly, I don't really know much about Kevin Kelly besides the fact that he's really good at predicting a lot of trends in the future. And he's been on Tim Ferriss podcast and anyway, on Kevin Kelly's website, cool tools, he he shows cool tools. tools he likes i guess and i guess whoever works for him and one of them was a like a do-it-yourself mask but a more advanced one of course like a silicon valley techie uh mask that somebody who who isn't who isn't gonna settle for just like a some whatever cloth over their face and wants effectiveness would find and so they suggested using uh, some sort of air filter that doesn't have making sure, however, that this air filter has no fiberglass in it because then, of course, you're fucked. And. And, yeah, that was that was uh, that was pretty cool. So I'm looking at making that. I want to see if I can go to what's it called? Fucking Home Depot. Buy it. Buy the stuff. Make it, it look pretty legit. But it does. I feel like it'll take some time. Anyway, that's all we got. I am feeling sleepy. Feeling sleepy. Jesus. Because last night I couldn't sleep well. And I woke up this morning and like I said, it was fucking terrible. And the yerba mate isn't doing that much. But th- I think the key for today is not to sleep until 8.30 p.m. or 9. Because last yesterday I took an, a nap, a 30-minute nap around 2 p.m., and I think that fucked up my ability to sleep at night. Okay, so I'm gonna have to trek through. The plan is if if I do get sleepy, go for a walk. Oh god. But that's it. We'll see you tomorrow.